Because look, I'll be getting there at one o'clock. Okay, let's get into the Word of God. You know, you know, the Word of God is living and active. Amen. The word. Okay, we've got one person listening. The Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword to to divide soul and spirit, and that's really important for us. Okay, it's not a it's not a chat fest. You can sit down now. <laughs> that's important, isn't it? The Word of God divides soul and spirit. And that's really important for us because we're called to live by the Spirit, not by our soul anymore. Jesus died so that we don't live by our soul, but we live by the, by the Holy Spirit. Is there an amen? That's what he says to us, live by the Spirit. And I was just thinking, um, I was thinking this morning as I was coming here of that principle that Jesus talked about, whatever, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Yep. Whatever you sow. That is a positive or a negative. If you sow, you know, love, you're going to reap love. If you sow patience, you're going to reap patience. If you're going to, like, sow, you know, um, um, Rod and Sue sent me a message and I've listened to part of it and I could identify with part of it because we've, we've you know, out of 20, 23, 24, nearly 25 years of ministry, we've, we've only ever been supported um, full time about six years out of that 25 years of ministry. And there's been so many times when you have $6 left in the bank and you're wondering how you're going to pay the bills and you're wondering how everything's going to add up, you know, but you still give because like God says, give. Because when God said, cut up your credit card, do you trust me? That's exactly what he meant. So that's, that's exactly what we did. But you know, there are times when you go, man, this is tough. Year after year after year. But you know what? God is faithful. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow faithfulness, you're going to reap it. If, like if you sow sacrifice, you're going to reap it. Whatever it is, positive or negative. So that's an encouragement, but it's also a, ooh, hang on a minute. Because if you sow judgment and criticism, if you sow discourse, if you sow whatever, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And so it's, a pos- it's an encouragement, but it's also a, a heart check, isn't it? Okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this because anyway, we'll see how we go. We'll see what the Holy Spirit's going to do, hey? Yeah. So, Lord, we want to thank you. We just commit this time around your word to you. Holy Spirit, we just want you to have your way. We just want you to have your way. Whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like in this moment, we just want you to have your way as we get into the word of God. God, I just want to speak your words and your words only, empowered by your spirit and your spirit only in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've hit the 1st of May today. It's like, we, like we're heading towards the middle part of the year. Like where is 2022 gone? Like it's just like, yeah, no, yeah it's, gone, it's gone there. But you know, I've, uh, this week in my own personal uh, prayer life, in my own uh, personal uh, ju- uh, journaling time, I've found myself revisiting some things. You know, sometimes we need to revisit some things. And if you, if you have prophetic words, it's good to revisit those prophetic words, isn't it? Because sometimes we can just go off wandering somewhere else when God is speaking to us. So I found myself revisiting um, certain scriptures that the Lord has given me and given us. Because I feel this morning that we need to revisit some things. And I feel like we need to make sure that, that we are in alignment and we are positioning ourselves for what God is leading us into as we go forth. Amen? Some of the verses that 
that I've been reminded of, some of the passages that he's been giving me over the last 12 months. One of them, for example, is Isaiah 54, when it says about the one who was childless, the one who didn't have a child, you know, to burst into song, to burst into song, to be jubilant. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married woman. So enlarge the side of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes. Drive your peg, uh, your pegs deep. For you will spread out to the right and to the, le- uh, to the left. You know, this is someone who could not bear a child. And yet the Lord's saying, this, this, you know, you need to make your tent bigger. This is a position of faith. This scripture is about faith, that God is saying something. Are you going to position yourself in faith, ready for what God is going to do? Or are you just looking at the circumstances that you find yourself in? Amen? Isaiah 62 is a, is, is a chapter that the Lord gave us for Bundaberg. And part of it is that this land would be called um, Beulah, married to the Lord. And that's been our declaration over the last few years. We're just declaring the plans and purposes of God into this region. Amen. And he says, I have appointed watchmen on your walls. They will never be day, a silent day or night. There is no rest who remind the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Moses would remind the Lord of what the Lord has said. And, you know, part of working with prophecy is reminding the Lord of what he has said. That's part of prophetic intercession. Amen. Do not... Man, we're quiet. Come on. Come on. Do not give him rest. Do not give him rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem the praise of the earth. What, but what God is saying for us, do not give him rest until the plans and purposes of God are, are being fulfilled right here in our midst. Amen? And, I, and one of the things I love about Trev is that Trev just keeps just praying and praying and praying. Every little prophecy that he hears, he just grabs onto it and he prays it and prays it. And I'm sure he's got a chalkboard at home where he ticks that one off and goes, that one's done, that one's done, but he's still got a few more. We give him no rest until these things happen. Amen. And then the Psalm 126 was a Psalm of restoration. It was about restoration of Zion. And you've heard, some of you would have heard me read this before, but when the, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who began to dream again. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. They said among the nations, look, the Lord has done great things for them. He has done great things for us and we were joyful. Restore our fortunes, O God, like the watercourses in the Negev. For those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Amen. The one goes along a weeping, carrying the bag of seed. They will surely come back with shouts of joy, carrying the harvest. You know, these, these three passages are scriptures that are full of hope. They are scriptures that are full of promise. They are scriptures that are full of restoration. Is there an amen to that? Every single one of them, hope, promise, restoration. I want to declare that the enemy has been trying to suck the life out of people. That's what has been happening through the battles and the weariness and the things of life. The enemy has been trying to suck the life out of people. He's, he's, you know, he's trying to be get, you know, sucking the hope and the joy and the faith out of people. But it's time for us to go to say no. It's time to not partner with any of that, but it's time to align ourselves with God and get our vision afresh on who he is and what he is calling us to do. People of faith, that is who we are. Turn to each other and say, you're a person of faith. 
Well, that, that wasn't very convincing. So do it again. Come on, louder, louder. You're a person of faith. Come on. We're a people of faith. Hands up who's a person of faith. Come on. Who's a person of faith? Well, you know what? The, what we're saying is this. A person of faith says, the circumstances are saying this, but my God says this. That's what a person of faith says. The circumstances say this, but my God says this. Is there an amen to that? My God says that we are going to see salvations in Bundaberg, that we are going to see exponential harvest, that we are going to see advancement. We are going to see the purposes of God fulfilled in this region. Is there an amen? It doesn't matter what the circumstances may seem like. Our God is faithful and we just need to hold the course. And I want to encourage you in your life to hold the course, hold the line. Just keep staying the course. And if you can't do anything else, just stand. Because standing, as you've heard me say, is a, is a position of faith. Jehoshaphat stood with faith and he believed. Amen. If we do a heart check for a minute, are we carrying anticipation or expectation? Or are we carrying hope deferred? I can't do that for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you carrying an anticipation and an expectation that can only be born of the Holy Spirit? Or are you carrying hope deferred? Now remember the word for, 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 for deferred means to put off. Have you put off hope? Or are you standing in expectation and anticipation? And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that. There are times in the midst of the battle where you just feel like, man, you are just coming under it. For some reason, the last four weeks for me have felt so heavy. It's like there's battles going on around me that I'm not even really aware of, but I've got a sense. God has just given me a sense of all the battles, the things that have been spoken against, the things that are happening in the spiritual realm. You know, the attack on faith and vision, all this stuff, it's been so heavy. But something shifted this week. Something shifted this week. And we stand because God is faithful. And what He starts, He will finish. Amen? So I want to encourage you, if you have kind of thought to yourself, you know what, I've put off hope, I want to encourage you to put it back on. I want to encourage you to strengthen yourself in the Lord just as David did when his own men were saying, well, let's just get rid of David, let's just kill him. You know, let's do away with him. He strengthened himself in the Lord. I want to encourage you to strengthen yourself in God. There's different ways you can do that. You can do that through praise and worship. You can do that by getting into the Word. You can do that by reminding yourself of the prophecies of God, the promises of God. You can do that by grabbing someone and say, hey, I just really need you to pray for me. There are so many people here that are available to say, will you stand with me in prayer until this thing breaks, until I see breakthrough. There are people here that will say, yes, we will stand with you. Whatever it is, I encourage you to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen? So this, this, this revisiting and this reflection, are we going okay? We, we're not falling asleep. Good. This revisiting, oh, sorry, oh. Oh, 
I'm not asleep. I have found myself over the last 12 or 12 or 18 months becoming more and more sensitive to the prompt, to the, to the, to the touch of the Holy Spirit. Does anyone else ever find that? <laughs> Trev! <laughs> more? Crikey, is that even possible? <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Didn't you just love that? We were just worshipping together, saying, you are holy. Also holy, you are holy. That's just beautiful, so beautiful. Anyway, getting back on track. It's had me revisiting the word that the Lord gave me to start the year on the, you know, start January, the 1st of January. And I know, and Bruce and Trish told me that their home group has actually been working through this, which is really cool. That's an awesome thing to do. That's kind of, that's, that's cool. But I found myself revisiting these five points, and, I've, and I just want to go through them quickly this morning and then close off with, um, with something the Lord gave me. So the first part that was that this is a year of returning to family and true discipleship. Now, both, both of those things, family and true discipleship, means that the wineskin of church has to change. People don't just come to church because we are the church. We, we are the ecclesia. And this is just one little, small little part of the whole. Is there an amen to that? To be family and to move in true discipleship means that everyone has a part to play. Family is not about coming and expecting. I'm not expecting Kathy to do everything for me. I want to contribute. I want to bless her. I want to strengthen her. I want to encourage her. I have something to contribute. And if you are not contributing in some form, people are missing out on the gift that you are. Have you ever thought about that? I'm not just talking about the talents, whether you can sing or whether you can cook nicely or whether, well, that. But you are a treasure. You are a gift. Jesus Christ has made you a gift. And if you're not giving of yourself, then the other people around you are missing out on that gift. You see, families, we're meant to contribute. And we understand that we've all had bad experiences of family somewhere along the line. Whether it be natural, whether it be spiritual. But it doesn't negate the fact that the church is meant to be family. We are the family of God. And we're called to live out family. And the other part is discipleship. The only way that we're going to be able to cope with increase and increase is by each one saying, I'll disciple someone. I'll lead a home group. I'll have some people. It's the only way. The old wine skin that the church has got stuck in is that we leave it to the pastor or the leadership or someone who's gifted in that area and we'll let them do it. But no, no, no. We're all called to make disciples. Is there an amen to that? That's part of the new wineskin. That's part of what it is. And I was thinking about Ephesians 4 because we're all human beings here, born again of the Spirit, but we are. And you know what? None of us have got it all together yet. Steve thinks he has. We'll pray for him later. Just by him saying that. Oh, no, no. So, you know, passages like Ephesians 4 are always needed. Because there was, there was 
things that needed to be addressed. And Paul said, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. How good is that? With all humility, with all gentleness, with all patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is above all and through all and in all. You know, we all need to walk in measures of kindness, humility, grace, forgiveness, making every effort. We always need to keep those things in mind. Amen. The fact, the thing about making disciples is that the church was never meant to be a monument but a movement. And the problem is what's happened over history is that there's been a building that's built, and I'm not saying I'm against buildings, I'm, I'm not saying that. But it becomes a monument where people just go to and they do their thing between certain time, maybe 9.30 and 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and that's the end of it, and, and it becomes like a monument. But we're actually called to be a movement, because water moves. Water moves, and we are born of the Spirit. We are living water. And the water is called to move. That's why I love the passage in Ezekiel uh, 47 about the river flowing from the temple. Because the further it went out from the temple, the deeper the water got. That is a picture of church. That is a picture of the body of Christ. That what we experience here is, you know, we're just kind of like in the, in the water. But, the, but as we go out, we are carrying the water together and, the, and it floods this city. This city's experienced flooding in the natural well, we are contending for a flooding in the spiritual. That's why we're in war. Do you realize that? If you're experiencing warfare, you know, at times, you, that is because we are contending for more. We are not content with just a nice church. We're not just content with, you know, some good things happening. We're not just content with one or two people being healed. I don't know about you, but I want to see multitudes healed. I want to see multitudes saved. I want to see multitudes set free. I want to see drug addictions broken. I want to see families restored. I want to see these things. We are not just content. And, and, and if you're here and you've been here for some time, the reason is because you're not content either. Otherwise, you wouldn't probably stay very long. But it's true, isn't it? And the enemy doesn't want that. He's trying to resist in every area but God's. But God's, just remind yourself about that, but God, God is faithful and He will do it. He is just looking for a people who will position themselves and say, here we are, God. The second thing, the second part of the word was that this is a year of kingdom partnerships. You cannot partner with brothers and sisters in Christ unless you carry humility. Humility is a marker of the kingdom of God. Christ made himself nothing, took on the form of man, became a servant unto death, death on the cross. Humility is a marker. And remember, humility is not thinking um, less of yourself. It's not putting yourself down. That's not humility at all. That's false pride. But humility is thinking of yourself less. Christ did not think of himself he lived for the glory of the Father, and He lived to bring others into the kingdom of God. And in the same way, we live for the glory of the one who has given us life. Is there an amen? And we live not for ourselves anymore, but for one another and for those that don't know Christ as yet. 
We need, we need humility. You cannot partner with someone unless you're humble because otherwise if you're carrying pride, there's going to be points where you just go, this is just too hard. But humility is recognising the grace upon different people because we're all different. Recognising the gifts upon each person. And that's the heart of God, to see the fivefold ministry come together. But that, but that cannot happen unless we carry uh, humility. But I believe that this is not a time of church planting, but this is a time of church unifying. That's not an absolute statement. I'm not saying that God's still not saying to some people to plant some stuff and start new. But I think as a whole, God is saying, I want to bring people together. I don't want to start something new and then separate more and start something new and separate more and start something new and separate more. Because what happens with most churches is it's just transfer growth. One church becomes a flavor of a month and so people go there. And then a couple of years later, another one starts and people just transfer there. I saw it in Launceston. It wasn't kingdom growth, it was transfer growth. One, one, one church went from 50 people to 700 people almost overnight. But then, you, but then you talk to every other pastor that lost them and they're all coming from everywhere just to this one. But then they soon lost the flavour. Somewhere we've got to get past that. Somehow we've got to get past that to be households of faith who will work together for the, for the things of the kingdom in the city. Is there an amen to that? That's what we read in Scripture, one church, many households. We want to get back to that, but, we, but we've got to carry humility. We've got to walk in humility. We've got, to, we've, just, we've got to see God in each other to be able to do that. Amen? The third one was that this is a year of dealing with heart issues. And man, when I wrote that or when I got that from God at the start of the year, I thought, oh yeah, but you know what? It's so much deeper. Is anyone else ever experienced, like, is someone else experiencing that? It's so much deeper. God is deeper and you just go, oh. But you know what? It's so freeing. When God heals you, when He delivers you, when He sets you free of stuff, it is so good. It's like you can live more. And we've seen some testimonies of that, that people have encountered God in that way, that God is healing and restoring and setting people free. And there's greater things, you know, there's, there's, there's life that is happening. It's so good. So good. God is so good. The fourth point and the fifth point are the ones that I really want to focus on for these last few minutes. The year of breakthrough and overcoming. The Lord said at the start of the year, there will be battles. I'm like, oh. But the battles will give way to breakthrough and you will carry the spoils of war with you. How cool is that? God says, you know what, there's going to be battles but you know what? The battles will give way to breakthrough. And we have had some people amongst us already get the breakthrough. I don't want to steal their thunder, but you know, Claude, Claude down there, Danielle and Claude are a new family with their two beautiful kids, Teresto. They've been in Bundy for over nine months, kind of trying to find their feet. Well, they found their feet here, and then they've been looking for a job. Well, this week he got a job. So the battles of finance, the battles of trying to fit in, the battles of belonging, the battle, 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 nine, ten months worth, God just, sets, God just says it's, it's time. You know, there are, so, there are other people that are experiencing breakthrough. And so if you're not, stay encouraged because there is breakthrough coming. And maybe you need to grab the arm of someone who has experienced the breakthrough and say, will you stand with me? Because I see that you, you're carrying breakthrough. Will you stand with me until I see this breakthrough?
And for people, it's different. It might be physical. It might be financial. I'm, I, I'm standing for my car. Because I still feel in the spirit it was stolen from me. And God will bring restitution. And I'm standing for that. And I'm not settling for second best. I was, I was tempted to start looking at different types of cars. And I thought, no, that's what happened with the, with the house. God said, where, was it, where is in your heart to live? And we said, Bagara. And he said, so why are you looking for homes in Bundaberg? Sometimes when the promise is delayed, we are tempted to settle for second best. We need to stay the course. Whatever your battle is, there will be a breakthrough. And I declare that over you today and your family and your circumstances in Jesus' name. There will be breakthrough. I think about Jehoshaphat. He stood firm. Jehoshaphat stood firm. He saw breakthrough, didn't he? Breakthrough. Armies coming against him. Breakthrough. I think about Habakkuk. You know, <laughs> he said, write down the revelation. God said to him, write down the vision for it, for it awaits an appointed time. Though it, ling though it lingers, though it delays, it will surely come to pass. Man, isn't that a true verse of Scripture? Well, all Scripture is true, but I mean, like, you write something down because you know God's saying it and you have this expectation in your heart, it's going to happen this year. And then it doesn't. Do we give up on that? Or do we remind ourselves of other people in Scripture who stood in the gap and it lingered, but then God fulfilled it? Some people are standing for the promise of God for decades. Our home was 20 years in the making. But you know what? God had to bring everything together because we had to be in the right place at the right time. God brings everything together. Prayer and worship are key. Prayer and worship are key. It doesn't mean you have to sing. It doesn't mean you have to, like, be a singer. It's the position of your heart towards the one who is worthy is worship. But prayer and worship are key. And if you're not a singer yourself, there's plenty of people here that are not. Some people make a joyful noise, which is awesome because that's what Scripture says. It just says, make a joyful noise. 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 Hands up, who can make noise? No, come on. Hands up, who can make noise? Hands up, who can make noise? Every single one of us can make noise. Scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Woo! And then the last part. Oh, Friday night was so good. That was awesome. That was so good. We were all squeezing in. There were so many people there Friday night. It was so good. Was there making a joyful noise to the Lord? Mm. I pray for the day there's so many in the hub on the Friday night in prayer that we have to go out onto the street. We have to worship in there because there's just so many people praying and worshiping on a Friday night. Bring it on. Bring it on. The last one, music team, maybe you want to come up. The last one, that this would be a year of reverence and awe.
The Lord has been speaking to his church for decades now. It's been decades <laughs> about returning to first love. It's been decades. I've been carrying I've been carrying that word in my heart from the first time we started pastoral ministry that the Lord would be returning people to first love. Intimacy. Relationship. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Jesus Christ came and he made a way. He made a way so that you could come and experience the love of the Father. That you could experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you could experience the fellowship of the Spirit. That's all relationship. We're born into a family where we can relate with each other. It's relationship. But there's still, there's still so many that are part of the body of Christ who do not have that revelation that it's not about following rules and traditions of man, but it's about following Jesus Christ. It's about relationship and everything else. If you are truly following Jesus, everything else will come into place because you want to fellowship. You want to connect. You want to pray. You want to give. You want to serve. You want to do these things because if Christ is truly living on the inside of you, you will want to live as Christ. Amen? We're still like a Martha who've welcomed Jesus into our own home, but yet then we become distracted rather than saying, Lord, take all of me. Take every part of me, every part of my life, every part of every part, every part. The message of intimacy, the message of relationship has not changed and it will not change. But the Lord is also returning his people to holiness. To awe and wonder because it's been lost. The awe and wonder of God has been lost. How do I how do I know that? Because you can tell by the way that people live. I'm not trying to and I don't mean that to sound judging. But if you know that you live in the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit is inside of you. You want to live for the one who gave you life. You don't want to live any other way. We need the awe and wonder to return back to the church. To look up into the stars of the night time and not just go, well, but to go, wow. The one who created, who spoke, who flung the stars into space. He sent his son for me. Me? A sinner? Isaiah had that picture. I saw the Lord. That's where the song came from. I saw the Lord. He's high and lifted up. The train of his robe fills the temple with glory. And the next thing he said was, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the Lord. And yet we curse people and we speak about people and we say stuff. We need a revelation of God again so that our mouth, that our, that our language has even changed. 
God said a few weeks ago, get ready for messy church. Are we ready for messy church? I don't even know what that's going to look like. Probably bodies prostrate. Probably people crying out in repentance. Healings. More. But I think for us today, the Holy Spirit is saying, will you come back into the awe and wonder? I don't think we'll sing that last song. Let's not go there. Let's do that. You are holy one again. Let's, let's do that. The last thing I want to say, I'm sorry that it's 12 o'clock, but I'm not really sorry because it's been a good morning. God wants us to have his perspective. God wants you to have his perspective in all things. Amen. That you would see the Lord for who he really is. That you would see circumstances for what they really are because his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. They're so much higher. Amen. And the last passage of scripture that I want to read to you right now is from 2 Kings chapter 6. This is about God's perspective. And this is a word of encouragement for you today. When the, servant of the, when the servant of the man of God got up and he, early and he went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. And he asked Elisha, oh, my master, what are we to do? And you might feel that you in your life have been surrounded. You might feel like the armies of hell have been coming against you. You might feel like the last year or two in your life, there's just been stuff after stuff after stuff. He was a man who came out and that's what he saw. He saw armies surrounding him and he's like, God, what are we going to do? And Elisha, who had God's perspective, he saw in the spirit. Don't just see with your natural eyes. Begin to see in the spirit. And Elisha said, do not be afraid for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. What a great prayer. I pray, Lord, open our eyes that we would see. Open our eyes that we would see. And so the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around. God, open our eyes. Open our eyes that we would see you in all your glory. Open our eyes that we would see you in all your glory. And open our eyes that we would see things from heaven's perspective. Because we are not the tail, we are the head. We are first because Jesus has made us so. We are his representative. We are representing the king who is coming to claim his own. And in the meantime, it is His kingdom come and His will be done. So God, give us a fresh vision of You. And show us Your perspective on everything. If you need prayer this morning, we're going to open up the front. 
If you don't know Jesus this morning, today is a great time to meet Jesus face to face. People lay hands on you and you receive and experience God in a way that you never thought you would. If you need breakthrough, if you need revelation, if you need a fresh perspective, we're just going to pray with you. But let's just come. Something happens when we get a bit closer. I'm, it does. It just does. So let's just worship Him. Let the Spirit of God take us deeper. Let things fall away that need to fall away. Lay everything at His feet and say, God, here we are. Here we are, Jesus.